future of farming in Whatcom County or anywhere. Kind of the theme this morning, new stuff that's going on in the world of farming. Welcome back. We continue here on The Farming Show on KGMI News Talk 790. This program also available on SoundCloud. The Save Family Farming Show, we like to call it there. Same show, though. Just a way you can get it online anytime. Listen to it on your schedule. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Glad you are here with us this morning. Producing food in shipping containers. No, I'm not kidding. It's really happening already. And could this be actually a really good thing for the future of farming? Dave Dinison with Cubic Farm Systems Corporation joining us on the program right now. Uh, Dave, you know, we've known each other for a long time just socially, not in a professional sense. And then I found out that you're actually in the farming world, but not in a way that most people would expect. Explain what you guys actually do. And and maybe I'm oversimplifying here by saying that uh, you're growing food in shipping containers. Well, thanks, uh, Dylan. Um, pleasure to be with you. Cubic Farms is a it's an ag tech company. Uh, our tagline is technology to feed a changing world. And we have uh, a few technologies that we use to um, we sell our technology to farmers or our equipment to farmers and help them grow enormous amounts of food locally. And they can do that anywhere on earth 12 months a year. There, there is one division of the business uh, that uh, does uh, utilize a shipping container. Um, we've developed a uh, machine that has 240 trays in it and one row of light at the top, and it goes from the front to the back to the front again, and it'll grow an enormous amount of food. So, for example, lettuces. Uh, you can grow about 100,000 heads of lettuce per year per machine. Hmm in one of those containers or 30,000 plugs of basil or thousands of pounds of microgreens. It's, um, yeah, you, you can grow a lot of food in the size of a shipping container utilizing the machine that we've built inside of that. So you talk about technology being the key to this. Right off the bat, probably some people are saying, whoa, 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 How, you know, I'm not sure if I trust this. How do you deal with that right off the bat when, you know, first impressions can be a big thing? Are people kind of like, wow, I'm not sure if I can trust food coming out of a machine? That's a great, great question, and we and we get that all the time. You, you would assume that if you, and let's, let's use lettuce for the moment, although we can grow hundreds of different things, but using lettuce, because we all eat it every day, um, you'd assume that it, getting a head of lettuce out of the ground that's grown in soil underneath the sun would be the healthiest way to grow lettuce. Yet, of course, uh, in the last two years, we've had more than six recalls of lettuce for listeria and other contaminants. And, and so it's not like it's the be-all, end-all way of growing. We're able to provide uh, inside the machine, we're able to give every seed the perfect day every day. And if you will give a seed or a plant the perfect environment, temperature, humidity, CO2, nutrients, water, lighting schedule, if you give it the perfect environment, it will reward you by being the best plant it could possibly be. So it will grow faster, healthier, and be way better tasting and have all of the nutrients it's meant to have. And you can do that 12 months a year, 
365 days a year, no matter what's going on outside. So it actually tastes better, is better for you, and it hasn't had to be shipped for thousands of miles before you eat it. Again, Dave Dinesen is with us right now. He's the CEO of Cubic Farms. Explain how this got started. What's what's the backstory here? Uh, and I understand it was a Dutch family that, that kind of started putting this idea together that th- this could even be possible. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, uh, our founders are uh, Jack and Leo Benny. Um, they were born in, in Holland and came to Canada in the early 80s. And they started a company called uh, Bevo Farms. They were uh, Dutch greenhouse farmers in Holland. And uh, they started Bevo Farms, uh, which has actually become one of the largest, if not the largest, propagation greenhouse in North America. It's about a 33-year-old company. But 10 years ago, um, they were invited to Puerto Rico to try and help solve some of their growing problems. So if you think about Puerto Rico, very expensive electricity, uh, not great conditions for growing um, uh, you know, far too hot in the summertime, definitely. And greenhouses are a challenge there because storms will destroy greenhouses on a regular basis. In fact, you know, two years ago, Hurricane Irma destroyed every greenhouse um, in in Puerto Rico. And so um, uh, they were traveling there and, and trying to consult about how to start growing things locally because Puerto Rico's got to import almost all of their fresh vegetables. And, and it was on that trip that they actually began designing a, a machine that would use very little electricity, very little labor, and be able to be done in a self-contained kind of way. So there was about six years of development of that machine, and then that's sort of how Cubic Farms was born. So how efficient is that system? I'm thinking in terms of like carbon footprint, because you're using artificial light to grow these plants rather than sunlight, correct? That's right. Well, you, you could certainly set it up to a, to a solar system um, if, if you wanted to, you know, just use sunlight to power the whole thing. At the moment, the footprint required for solar, depending where you are in the world, uh, is about two and a half to one. So if your 40-foot shipping container is 320 square feet, you'd need about two and a half times uh, that size of uh, photovoltaic uh, um, panels to be able to power it. But that's actually getting more and more efficient. Um, but it uses relatively little uh, electricity when you compare it to the amount of diesel fuel that right now is being used to ship lettuce across the continent, uh, bringing it in from California or from Arizona. Uh, electricity, a much cleaner fuel, certainly, than, than, than diesel fuel. Now, what about keeping this warm, too? You say you could do this in any part of the world, and, and you're up there in the Great White North, and, and <laughs> while, thing, while the climate is identical there for you in the lower mainland BC where you're based, what if you're doing it in northern BC, up in the Yukon, in Alaska? Can you do it there? How do you keep this warm? Is that a, a further you know, draw on electricity? Yeah, it, it, it is, but um, not as much as you might think. So uh, one of our customers is located in, in Busby, Alberta, which is just north of Edmonton. Um, and we actually have a video of this on our website. He, he pulls up to his cubic farm. It's minus 42 outside. You can see it on his, on his dash cam. That's Celsius. It's very, very cold. And he walks in, and the building is only being heated by the... Um, uh, by the uh, air handling units from uh, the cubic farms and you open the doors and you see this spectacular produce that's growing mm. and there's, you know, three feet of snow on the ground and it's absolutely freezing. Um, 
again, it's it's a it's a very efficient way to grow uh, using British Columbia power rates, which are similar to Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um, it costs about five to six hundred dollars a month for your um, heating, lighting, air handling, running the machine, e- everything per machine, and you're you're you know growing a hundred thousand heads of lettuce or thirty thousand plugs of basil per machine per year. So you know it's not that much uh, from an energy perspective compared to um, shipping and the waste that that causes, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, if you can basically grow that lettuce in your backyard or in your same town or same community nearby, that carbon footprint to actually bring it to market from the farm is near zero versus growing it in Southern California and you know trucking it to Washington or BC or further north has a tremendous carbon uh, footprint. So t- a totally different equation there. What, what do you see this doing for the future of farming? Well, it, um, um, it's, it, it's certainly getting very, very popular. Um, we've got uh, larger and larger farms that are being uh, purchased um, in different parts of the world. Um, and, and we're also doing this um, using similar technology, but, but growing very nutritious animal feed. Um, so um, as opposed to just giving your, your dairy cow or your beef cattle or your racehorse, you know, some grain and some hay, we're able to provide live sprouted um, barley or wheat, um, which is just such a healthier way to feed animals. Uh, they get all the nutrients and the enzymes and um, they're able to absorb those nutrients better. And so just like, you know, giving the plant a perfect day every day, it'll reward you by being delicious and tasty. And we can do the same thing now so that you can give, you know, live grass-fed sprouted grain uh, for, for your animals. And they'll reward you by being healthy or giving you better milk, better meat, living longer, having more babies, all these sorts of things. So the future is really leveraging technology and, and utilizing it to help farmers be successful. And that's really what, what Cubic Farms is doing through initially through our Cubic Farm you know, vegetable growing machine. And now we have a Cubic Farm uh, animal feed uh, growing machine called a hydrogreen machine. Mm-hmm. KGMI News Talk 790. Uh, this is The Farming Show. Dylan Honkoop with you here talking with Dave Dinison uh, with Cubic Farm Systems. Dave, um, I'm interested. You talk about this, you know, sprouted barley thing, and 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 that's what uh, you know. I was talking recently on the uh, Real Food, Real People podcast that I also host with Devin Day of Valley Farmstead. And he's doing raising rabbits for meat, and he has a similar system that he's doing sprouted barley uh, to feed those animals, and and so he needs a very small land footprint to produce a lot of meat because of that system. But doesn't that require someone somewhere else to have a field of barley to provide? that grain to to sprout in the first place yes um you you obviously need need to buy your your seeds um but when you feed an animal uh sprouted uh, barley or sprouted wheat um they're able to absorb so much more of that nutrition whereas when you're just feeding them grain and hay um uh, they aren't going to absorb nearly as much of that nutrient um, and so a lot of it, it just ends up getting passed and put into the, and goes out with the manure. So if you're able to give, um, an animal something that he's able to, or she's able to absorb much more readily, you're going to have a much healthier animal and, and they are also going to reward you, um, by performing better. 
Okay, so how much, you know, it, right now we're, we're, I'm sitting here in Whatcom County in the middle of farming country, broadcasting from Linden here this morning. You know, there are farmers out here looking at the future, just like we were talking about earlier on the program um, with some other ideas, you know, far, farmers looking into hemp, things like that. They're hearing this, they're, they're probably wondering, well, how much does it cost? to get into doing something like this? Is it outrageously expensive to buy one of these machines and start doing this? So on, on the fresh vegetable side, um, um, about a three to five year return on capital. So if you're wanting to now grow, you know, leafy greens and, and those sort of things locally, um, uh, the market's very receptive for locally grown produce that hasn't had to be shipped far, has no pesticides, no herbicides. It can be harvested live, lives much longer in the fridge. It's just a way better to, to get your, your leafy greens. Um, and a three to five year payback for a system, um, is, is, is reasonable to expect on the, on the animal feed machine side. Um, you're already having to buy grain, you're having to buy hay, and you also have to have a lot of land. And unfortunately, half the year, that land's not great in great shape for grazing. Depending where in Canada or in the United States you are, it's either frozen or it's covered in snow. Or So this lets you give your animals, you know, grass-fed or this live sprouted grain 12 months a year. And one machine, which costs about 120,000 US dollars, can replace about five acres of grazing land. And uh, you know, depends where you are in Canada or the US as, as to whether that makes economic sense. But in the lower mainland of British Columbia, where agricultural land is $120,000 an acre, uh, it makes a lot of sense uh, to be able to buy a machine that lets you do all of this and have a healthier animal and better performance, et cetera, et cetera. So financially, um, it, I think it makes a world of sense. Now, and down here, I, just to throw some numbers around, because you know those land prices make, I mean, as high as land prices we feel have, have become down here on this side of the border, when you throw out a number like that, we all kind of choke on our morning coffee here. <laughs> you know, but, but land prices, you know, for, for more expensive, you know, berry ground is, you know, twenty thirty thousand dollars $30,000. Does it pencil at that point, or do, do our land values have to go up that much more to make something like this worth it um so the land equivalent price um in our financial models has suggested anything around twenty five thousand dollars an acre it does make sense to look at this kind of technology so you, you you'd be right around there um but there's other benefits besides just the well i can have you know a few acres less of land and, and have this machine you do get a healthier animal you've you've got um you will get a better performing animal but then of course in some parts of the world doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have you don't have great grazing land it's just that simple yeah so this this lets you give your animal optimum um optimum feed 12 months a year when i guess i'm comparing apples with oranges because you know 20 or thirty thousand dollars is not usually the price here on you know corn or grass ground that's going to be growing feed for for dairy cows either that's going to be a lower number so you know may, maybe it's not there yet but you're saying it's not necessarily far off yeah and and, and the cost of the land is just one part of the equation right. it's what's the value that you can get for your meat or your milk or 
can your animal have more babies? Can it live longer? Can it be healthier? Can you lower your vet bills? Can you market your meat um, for more money? Um, I've seen beef uh, fed, uh, beef cattle fed with um, this kind of feed. And when you put it beside, you know, sort of a conventional um, steak, it's shockingly different. Uh, the quality is, and even for bacon, um, yeah, it, it, it really does work. And it's just like on the plant side, you give the animal the perfect diet it's going to reward you by performing better and you should be able to monetize that um, as you take your product to market dave denison ceo of cubic farm systems he's based up you're just north of the border in the lower mainland but basically you guys are operating globally right this isn't necessarily place-based for you guys Exactly. We're, we're a global ag tech business and we our, our motto is technology to feed a changing world. So our job is to provide farmers with the very best technology that we can to help them on the fresh vegetable growing side or on the um, animal feed, nutritious animal feed growing side. Um, and one of our latest is a uh, propagation machine. Um, we've developed a machine in that same shipping container size, so 40 feet long, 8 feet wide. And in that one machine, we're able to germinate uh, 120,000 plant sites so from seed to seedling in that one machine. And because it's insulated, climate controlled, um, you run it from an app, you can provide perfect watering, humidity, temperature, CO2, nutrients. You're able to germinate very reliably. So for example, if you had a greenhouse, it's hard to optimize the environment for germination right alongside finishing your plants. Mm -hmm. This machine lets you utilize your floor space much more efficiently and germinate much more efficiently. So we're, we're very excited about bringing this new propagation technology to nurseries and it could be growing trees or plants or flowers or whatever you're growing. Uh, this will germinate an enormous number of seed to seedlings um, very, very reliably. The website is cubicfarms.com, so you can go check it out for yourself if you'd like. You can also see, uh, Dave, you've done a couple of TED Talks on it, right? Those are on, on YouTube as well. Yes, they are. Yeah, no, you guys I do. Dave welcome Dienison. anybody to look at those. Dave Dienison with Cubic Farm Systems. Thank you so much for chatting with us this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dylan. A pleasure speaking with you.